Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 14 of the PD Sports Podcast. Once again, we have another huge week in football with the Euros. Damo, how are you going, Not mate? bad, mate. Not bad at all. Pretty sleep deprived because of the timing of the Euros, but mate, I love it. This time of year, World Cup as well, you just get into it, don't you? Yeah, nothing better than international football, uh, especially in the middle of winter too. I feel like every tournament we watch, it's like freezing cold when we have to get up and watch games at 4.30. So I'm kind of happy that in a way that Greece aren't playing any 4.30 games this year because we're not in the tournament. So I haven't had to worry about getting up too early. Oh, but mate, once again, another huge week. I tell you, it is cold. And normally we don't like go off the beaten track, but I do have a story about cold winter nights and World Cup games. I got very sick last World Cup. I was covered in uh, spots. It was a penicillin reaction. Um, that itchy. Uh, there was one night, I reckon it was two degrees, and Damien had to sleep with... Uh, cotton sheets not much warmth at all and my bedroom had to be kept really cold I, I reckon I froze and I watched like geez I watched like South Africa and someone and it was like some dull game I remember sitting there going this is the coldest ever been in my life but the fact that it's international football world cup on greatest time like international football cold weather for Australians it's like the perfect mix isn't it yeah it makes it better I feel like you can obviously watch it in summer, but I think winter just adds to that. That's why I feel like Qatar is going to be weird. 2022 World Cup in summer? Ah, uh, come on, man. It's going to be nice because everyone's going to be on holidays. Yeah, so well, yeah. That, that's, about being at work. that's true. I know for you it won't. And I actually think with my new job, I get two weeks off as well, so. Yeah. So I feel like for, for the sake of um, just making your life easier, I think it will be nicer. But I think, yeah, I think the other thing with the Qatar one, we'll probably touch on it. Um, a lot closer to, closer to the date, yeah. but you know it's the impact that's going to have on the domestic season. It's going to be interesting to see our teams deal with it um, at a domestic level uh, in the next season. So obviously we'll cover that a bit later on um, down the track because we're still uh, miles know, away. I just away. I just wanted to put out like Damo comes up with some wild stories and you know that 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 was the <laughs> coldest ever been in my life and it was okay because international football was on. It, it is good exactly. So, match week two of the Euros has been wrapped up, and we are recording a little bit later than normal. So, match week three has begun with uh, three groups already finishing. Yes, it is. Their match week three game. So, what we'll start with tonight is we'll go through some of the big surprises and just a bit of that general review from match week two, and then finish off with some of the match week three stuff. So, yep. the big, 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 big game out of Group D, uh, England, Scotland which promised so much and, in my opinion, uh, delivered almost so little um, from an England perspective. Um, from an English was disappointing. Uh, can I just say I predicted that? I know I predicted 90,000 at Wembley, and a lot of people have laughed at me for that. The the boys have given me absolute stick for that. Zach, Dom, when you listen back to this, uh, Yasu. But uh, obviously, look, I, I got that one right. Some I, I'd come up with some outlandish things sometimes, but I predicted that game a draw. I'm very happy with myself. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I thought I, agree, I, I thought that one there was always coming. Scotland, England, they get up for that, the Scots. And for me, that was their danger game yeah. for England. And they have not looked good this yeah. Euros at all. No, not at all. And we mentioned that last week. Like, the Croatia game was really concerning. And I said it was a hinge point. It was either going to be that they woke up from that and said, all right, time to turn up. Or, you know, they would have much rather played Czech Republic, who have been really, really good as well. So Oh, yeah. It's been... 
interesting to see Southgate because I feel like we spoke about this so much and about his incompetence to be able to actually manage efficiently because he made the changes at fullback, but the front three stayed the same and the front three was so flat against uh, Croatia that it just didn't make any sense to stay with it. But look, I think that's ended up biting him in the butt. They've gotten pretty, not lucky, but they're fortunate that four points will probably be enough for them to qualify, whether it's obviously in second or in third. So he's got time. He's got an opportunity. Could still be first as well. To, could still be first, exactly. But I think he needs to experiment because there's no pressure on him to win. This, I mean, there probably is, but he he needs to try something different to see if it's going to work against Czech Republic. Oh, look, for me, the big one is Harry Kane. And I've had him in my fantasy. I backed him in. and He does not look like he's A fit, B uh, you know, being able to move. It's one of my big surprises that we have not seen Harry Kane or Mason Mount, someone from this English side, actually stamp authority after the seasons they sort of had domestically. Um, I, I think if you're Southgate, and we touched on it a lot, I don't rate him as a manager. Um, you know, he had one good competition, everyone lost their stuff because everyone got the sink, it's coming home, yeah. right? But, um, you know, I know he's your star man, I know he's your captain, but if you know he's not fit, you know he's not firing, why are you as a manager putting yourself at risk of losing a job or, you know, you underachieving by playing a guy that isn't ready? Uh, you know, Sancho's been sitting on the bench and done piddles. And the guy was amazing for Dortmund this season. I'm not saying that's light for light swap, right? But it's two different situations. You look at it and you go, well, Harry Kane needs to come out. Who do you want to put in there? For me, you could almost say to Jack Grealish, all right, go on either wing and put Phil Foden through the middle or Sterling, right? At least liven it up a little bit. Rashford can come in. Or you do something like that with Sancho. For me, I would be dropping Sterling and Kane. But, you know, it is what it is. And then you've had people through the middle of the park that haven't really done well. You know, Mason Mount sort of showed himself against Scotland. He had a better game. You know, he could have had an assist if they didn't hit the post, I think. And he got into better areas like he does for Chelsea. But nothing like he does. At the moment, all you can say about England is that the back two have looked okay. They haven't really been tested. Um, they haven't conceded. And, uh, yeah. you know, you can say that Calvin Phillips has been the only real starring light that's come out of that England squad. And if you're an English fan, we have a lot of them around in the Discord and in the community that listen to this, you should be very worried. And I predicted that they could finish anywhere from first to fourth. And I'll tell you what, you're lucky you beat Croatia. So I would predict you to finish fourth in this group. Yeah, especially the way the Czech, the Czech team have been playing too. They've been on fire. Oh, but with Southgate, I don't want to keep bashing on it, but as I said before, no pressure on this game. Has to experiment. Uh, Harry Kane, if you can get him a week's rest, and that's probably even the big beneficiary out of it all, like to know that you're not going to miss out, just let someone play through there. Whether it's you know Rashford through the middle, I think Foden probably needs to drop a line. Because I think he's more explosive, he's more dangerous when he plays as that creative midfielder in a three. Um, so I'd like to see him either play as that number 10 or even as a creative number eight. And then just change the whole front three then. Go Rashford through the middle, Sancho on one side, Grealish on the left. You know, like I, just, I feel like that's more dynamic, it's more direct. It allows runners from deep to sort of have that space rather than Kane dropping in and then sort of congesting with the midfield. So I think... Gareth needs to probably have a crack at that against the Czech side who are going to defend well. We've seen them um, so far. They look pretty solid defensively. They look pretty explosive going forward. Yep. And they're not going to give England much time on the ball. So that's going to be a really big game. That's tonight, I believe. Yeah, it is. Um, it is at 4.30 for so us. 
unfortunately, we're not going to have that result here for this podcast, but we'll have it on the next one. Um, yeah, but we will have probably a lot in the next podcast. We might even do an earlier podcast to make sure we can recap or we'll preview the, uh, the knockout round. Yeah, round 16. Um, because if we keep it in the same slot that we normally do, we would have missed a couple of games. I am going to put something out there in terms of the English squad. They're too creative to be playing 4-2-3-1. You don't need two holding midfielders. You don't probably need Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips together, do you? I understand why, but you're taking out a position for a winger in Rashford, Sancho, whatever, to play Phil Foden on the right-hand side. And I just think this is the sort of game where you go and you say to um, say to the boys, if you're Southgate, we're going to experiment a little here. We're not going to go out. If we do, if it does go bulls up, we're England. We're meant to be one of the favourites. It doesn't matter who we get, we should be able to beat them if we think we're that good anyway. Um, but I think they need to go 4-3-3, drop one of these two, which is Phillips or Declan Rice. And unfortunately for you, JS, who's listening, um, that Declan Rice is probably the one that comes out because Phillips has been so good. And that allows you to put Mouse and Mount and Phil Foden as the two eights going in and out, you know, being creative, getting in yeah. a bit deeper. And that frees up a winger spot out on the right-hand side. And, and it tells you fullbacks that they get more space to go as well. I think just what England have done is Southgate's wanted to pick his boys. I get that. And Southgate was wanted to go four two three one because it's kind of the norm. And I think it's because Southgate kind of doesn't want to get, you know, be opened up. But England aren't the sort of side that need to be worried about that. The England are the sort of side that's so creative that you just need to unleash the beast, you know? Yeah. And off you go. They're a dominant side. They need to be showing that dominance I by compare, playing the extra number in midfield and controlling games from the midfield. I compare them to Italy, right? Because England are meant to be one of the favourites of the competition. Italy come in on great form and no one talked about it. Italy have not once gone and played a very defensive system, which was what we're known for. They've played a 4-3-3, but a free-flowing 4-3-3. If you told me Italy would have scored... Because they're settled, though. Yeah. If, That's the difference. The English team's not settled. Exactly, but... What I'm saying is, is that they're playing a system that allows for creativity. I feel like this English system Southgate has put out so far in the Euros has been a very negative 4-2-3-1, sit a bit deep, not allowing players to really go with freedom. It's been very rigid. Where if you look at a lot of these guys, you know, Foden plays in the city side where he's allowed a free roam, pick the ball up where he wants, go, create. Mason Mount, same thing, gets, gets a pretty free roam from outside on the left-hand side for Chelsea or through the middle of the park when he plays for Chelsea. And he's able to get beyond the strike or pick up the ball in the half space. Um, he's put in two guys at Phillips who sits in the base for Leeds and Rice who sits at the base for West Ham and they have to sit and what that means for Foden, Sterling and Mount is that they're very rigid in where they have to pick up the ball and I just don't think yeah. that works for England and you know for Scotland perfect because it means that they set up they set up nice and deep and go you know what I can control Foden I can control Sterling because they're not picking the ball up in areas that are going to hurt us they're picking up in areas where they have exactly. to turn backwards and play backwards that's not what you want yeah. and yet again it's us bashing on Southgate but I've never rated him once. I hope he gets a sack. I hope he goes to Spurs because it makes Spurs even more laughable. And there you go. Yeah, and I just think we could talk about this forever, but there's so many fundamental issues that they've got wrong, which has been really, really surprising. But it was one of those ones. Like, even though we all predicted... I think we, You predicted Croatia first. Yeah, I did. Tom and I predicted England first. We said it wasn't locked in we didn't say no I thought this group was the most open group and I included that with group F and it's proven to be yeah and I agree 100% so England could walk out of this group I mean second and what is it second and third sorry second and first no they could finish third Um, I think oh yeah if Croatia win big enough I guess yeah but I'm pretty relieved so. Know. Let me have a look at the table. But I'm like 99% they can, sure. Because Croatia's, Croatia's on one point and England are on four. So, yeah. And England's goal difference is only plus one. Yeah, Croatia so win Croatia, enough, yeah. Which could happen. 
an England lose, doable, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely doable. So look, we'll move on from England because we could just keep ranting and raving. Who knows? The Scots might get through for you know. Look, you never know. They could do it because Croatia again haven't looked great either. No, so the only thing that's looked 100%. good in that group has been the Czechs, and it leads me into the question, Paul. Have we seen goal of the tournament from Patrick Schick? Yeah, you can't. Beat oh that. my god, oh, I've seen some. I don't think you can beat. I've that. seen some people blame David Marshall. He's in the right spot as a sweeper keeper. What you're meant to do, and the fact where Schick's hit it, he started it. It's not one of those ones where they hit it from halfway and just dink the keeper. He's outside the foot it's in one strong. move has put that. You know, fifteen feet away from Marshall when it started, and it's just killed over his head. It's perfect. It's the. It's, a, it, it's not a fluke. That's, that's just so. A, it's so. so it's such a good goal, man. We've seen one of the yeah. goals of the Euros in general, not just this tournament in general. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, let's move on from a team that we were umming and ahhing about to a team that I was certain about in Germany because I locked them in. In second in my group behind France. I predicted it the other way. A lot of people. Round, yeah. I predicted yeah. Portugal, Germany, and then the Germans shocked me. And they've come out and played good football. Yeah. They were amazing. And I've backed them. I'm happy that that's one that I've backed that I've got through. Dom, if you're listening, mate, Portugal, up against the wall at this point, having to play France. But I thought the big thing with Germany was overcoming that adversity early. So Ronaldo scoring. Completely against the run of play. Clamps. Yeah, but Germany didn't falter. They didn't wilter. They just managed to find a way. They do what Germany does best in most tournaments, um, and just get those goals. And man, Kai Havertz. He was amazing, wasn't he? Playing on another level at the moment. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He's so if he ever gets gone for Chelsea, just watch out. He started at the end of the season, and we saw how dangerous he was in big games. And I think there was a lot going on this season. So obviously, there must have been some issues with Frank communication wise, or. Who knows, as soon as Tuchel's come in, he's just gone up to another level and then the back end of this season, he sort of cranked it up and then the Champions League final, he was fantastic. To be able to have a player of that age show such composure and poise in massive moments... Shows the quality, yeah, oh, 100%. Superstar for the next 10 years. 100% agree. He's on another level. So, look, if he's the one spearheading Germany with the quality of Nabry and Muller... And oh, they look good. ...those guys around and Kimmich, you know, like just being able to plug holes wherever needed, they are on the right side of the draw as well. They could do some real serious Yeah, the lower half side... The, the lower half side's the side you want to be on. And that's what worries me about Italy, and we'll touch on Italy in a second, that they're on the top half, and the top half is going to be stacked. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to be gritting and grinding and fighting. Yeah. But look, for Portugal... This is going to test their character because they were in the same position five years ago. They needed to scrape their way through. End of the day, they've got a team that if they can get going, it's good. Then but I just they I, can definitely match it. I, but I don't think they. For what I've seen, they look so leaky at the back. Well, they did against Germany. And I know they caught four, but against Hungary, they didn't look out until the last ten minutes anyway, and then they just flipped the switch. Um, this is the yeah. sort of game where I think Portugal know they have to probably Portugal have to win, right? If you're Port- France, though, if you are Portugal, if even if you finish third, you know you're running into trouble. Well, you know if you win this game, Germany for whatever reason don't do the job against Hungary, um, and you can top the group. You have to go for that, right? Um, it, it's yeah that that Hungary draw with France through this group wide open because you expect France to be on six points here and just be like, all right, whatever, right? We're, we're at a minimum finishing second, if not top. Off we go. Um, yeah, just, 
Portugal are going to have to come out, and I think that's going to play to their demise because it's going to allow space for Mbappe to go on the break. You know, like like they, like Portugal against Germany, Ronaldo running at you, great run. But I'm a prime Mbappe on the break. I, yeah, I, beast, I, I, I think this is setting up for Portugal to play well, but just cop it from France on the break and just yeah. And if France get going in that game, they could cop another four. Exactly, and I think you don't want to be playing France when they've got a whole tournament to play for as well. That's the other thing. Like, yeah, they'd be pretty embarrassed not getting the job done against Hungary as well. So, yeah, don't be surprised if you see Griezmann and Buffet, Pogba just pulling strings and stretching their defence. And I think where Portugal's defence is leaky is out wide. Yeah, um, and France's big threats are coming from wide. So, I think there's a lot. There's a lot to play out. I'm not so, saying that Portugal can't yeah. beat France as well. If they rock up on the day, it, it's going to be good. That Group F, though, has been the group that everyone has looked at. And just the Hungary doing their job has made this group so tantalising. You know, tournament yeah. favourite France could finish second or third for all we know. Yeah. So, it's going to... That that group, then, it's, it's so nice that that group is at the end of the tournament as well. Like... They're the last teams to get placed as well, so I think that's kind of... Funny. It just shows you where they're going to be because it follows a similar format, does the, where the third seeds go and whatever. It just works out what they what seeds they are in the sort of where the group will lie. Like, it's got winner of um, winner of like Group A is going to play like third of Group D, E and F, right? We just don't know which order it's going yeah. to be in. Um, I, I by yeah. that time on Friday... Um, so Friday? You kind of know. Yeah, you, you know where they're going to go, first, second and third. Like, you do. And yeah. that's going to be amazing to see where they end up. And, you know, imagine if Hungary get in third and qualify over one of these three sides. Yeah, that'd be huge. Yeah, it would be massive. And, and that's doable. We've seen it before. We have. And, you know, credit the Hungary. Like, Denmark came out and shocked us, uh, you know, a couple of nights ago last night. Um, Hungary could do the same for, you know. Yeah, exactly. So... We'll keep that discussion for later in the week when we know exactly. Sort of yeah, we will. What's going on? Uh, group A, we'll just touch base because we spent a lot of time on Group A. Yeah, we have already over the last couple of weeks. So Italy, nine points, done the job, looking good as you've already mentioned. Um, the Swiss side just getting the job done in the end. Yeah, um, sets up. A, you know, it's taking them a bit of time to get going. Sets up and a very Wales. Yeah, go go. And then Wales just. Everyone wrote them off. I said, look, they might finish in third, but... Didn't expect to finish in second. Yeah. I didn't bank them on getting second, so... Very impressed. They've got a good draw, too, because they play... They play the um, second place of uh, the Denmark group, and that's Denmark. Yeah, so that's a very open opportunity for either side to make a quarterfinal. Italy have got a danger game in Austria. Yeah, they've looked good too, second and third game. Yeah, I know, which is um, huge, but we'll touch on those games more next week. But I think if you look at Group A, apart from Italy getting Austria, if you just look at how Group A has gone, Italy look like a team that is winning this tournament and no one's stopping them. Uh, And that's not me being biased. They they scored three goals, clean sheet. Scored, what, three goals again, clean sheet. And then they made, what, eight changes or something like that in the last game against the Swiss. 1-1-0 could have been more. Yeah. It's just whether they'll get the goals in the big games. That's the big question. I think whether Mobile scores. I think just because they're so defensively good at the moment, it doesn't matter if they get. They'll, they'll, I think they'll find one eventually in a game. It's just if 
a team yeah. can score first against him. That's what I want to see. As much as I would rather us not concede a goal to the whole end of the tournament, we win the thing, right? Great. I want to see a game where we go 1-0 down and see what goes on, because I don't think we've been in that spot, really, since Mancini's been, been in. Have we been 1-0 down in a game? Yeah. Um, in, well, it's been a very long time. That's all I know. And no one yeah. no one even talked about Italy winning this, because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, form, but, you know, who have they played? And all of a sudden, you come and rock up, and here you go. You know, Turkey, on the other hand, are meant to be... One of the teams, one of the dark horses. Yeah, when people weren't even calling dark horses. They'll just call them gen, you know, contenders. Like contenders. And yeah, they were almost guaranteed to get out the group my whole, second. And... My whole Euro fantasy was built on Turkey being very good. And uh, Chenoglu and Yilmaz, thank you very much, but you've done me nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's just been really disappointing in the end. Um, have Turkey, but look. It's, they've done it before. Um, they've gotten to this stage and then fumb- and fumbled it and crumbled and all the rest of it. And maybe it's, you know, they, they need that next generation to come through, I think. So, look, it's, you know, hats off to Turkey for qualifying. But for them, they're at a point now where they really need to start taking that next step when they get into these tournaments. And this was the year they were meant to with a coach that knows the squad that got him third, I think, in the World Cup in 01. Uh, 01, 2000, sorry. Um, cool. And, yeah, like... Really shocking from Turkey. I, I can't. I yeah. think that's one of the worst Euro performances you will see. Yeah, um, just for the hype that they've had around them as well. That's probably where it's hurt that little bit more. But end of the day, been unfortunate. But hopefully this group learns from it as much as yeah. I'd rather Greece or Cyprus be in there ahead of Turkey. Um, you know, end of the day, they've got you know a good team on paper. They they won't be too far away. World Cup qualification and all the rest of it as well. So. We'll see what they can bring in 18 months' time. Exactly. The big thing today yep. was Denmark. Um, I thought after the Finland game that it was going to be too much for Denmark, just personally, even though I backed them second, obviously that was before Same. the circumstances that arose. Yep. Um, and the reaction that they've got, and I really think playing at home with their fans for those two games... It's huge. Yeah, massive. That was absolutely massive, and that goal this morning by Christian oh, was an absolute Oh my god, stomper. that's just you know yeah. oh, what a bomb. Yeah, and I've never seen him strike a ball that well, but you know, big time, big occasion, big player, Champions League winning centre back, steps up, bang, smashes him into the the knockout stage, and they did need to win by two. Yeah, and that was they did that. They know, probably freed him up done. to play as well, and they played some good football. And saying that, Russia kind of pressed the self-destruct button a bit too, which was uh, interesting. Yeah, they've been disappointing. Oh again. yeah, I, I mentioned I mentioned don't expect much from. I Russia did too. I didn't rate them at all. Home advantage. Yeah, yeah, they had that home advantage. In, the squad's um, aging. In and and just, yeah, it's not a good. Yeah, it's not a team that's worthy of you know being the team that was in twenty eighteen and being compared to it. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, that wasn't a surprise for us because we'd both already predicted that. So, uh, anything else really to touch on before we move on through, Dan? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, anyone that's really impressed you in this tournament so far after the... You've seen Calvin Phillips round one. Anyone in round two that kind of stood out for you? Yeah, for me, it's it's been Denzel Dumfries. Um, mainly because I've rated him more so through FIFA than anything, but... He's just played his role really well um, for the Dutch. Like, he just gives them good width. He gives them good quality. And he's found he goals. someone for me. He's found goals. He's just been really good going forward. Uh, don't be surprised if he manages to get a decent move away from the Dutch league after this tournament because 
he's just rock solid. Like he just does his job. So for me, Dumfries has been my I love Dumpster Dad shining star. Yeah. So other than that, I haven't felt like someone's just taken this tournament by the cojones yet and really ran with it. To be perfectly, I honest. think there's one that I do want to mention that I think has. And I backed him in in the preview, and Dom shot me down pretty quick. And that was Locatelli. Um, yeah, he's been, he's been really I good. Rao, Rao, his second game in the group was incredible. Just he just, he, just dictating he just, the play. It, it looked like it was Verratti playing, and you saw Verratti um, in the match day three go ballistic for Italy, right? It was everywhere. But Locatelli did the same thing for a guy that wasn't even meant to be in the squad twelve months ago. Uh, you know, Dom shot me down saying, "Oh no, I'll be Barella and Verratti in this." And I'm like, "Well, Verratti's not fit." A Locatelli plays, and I actually think I messed midfields with Locatelli in it. And in the end, you know, the boy, oh. Yeah, he's, he, he's just cost Arsenal if they want him another twenty million in this tournament. Um, and uh, yeah, if Locket- he's been very Locket- good. ever hears this podcast, mate, don't go. You don't go to a sinking ship. Go to a good club. <laughs> right? And um, yeah, I, I, I am going to say this, and I'm only going to say this because of. Actually, I got one more. As well. I got one more too. Like, in the, Alexander Isaac yeah, as well. I think he's actually been good too, uh, Isaac. Yeah. Um, just looked good The goals haven't come yet But he's but, been in good areas uh, The same with like Mbolo yeah. at Swiss Kind of really excited me In round yeah, one and, his first game Really and, impressed and me And I think he's been Only Swiss's real out, outlet With Shakiri as well But he's the sort of guy That you've yeah. always wanted To get a move away And see if he could do it Somewhere And I really do hope Someone takes a punt on him One day Because I think he's still Young enough to do stuff In football um, But the, He really broke out Last year Rose, Yeah he? he did And I was expecting a move And did it really happen he sort of bounced around Germany a little bit. Like, I think yeah. he was at Schalke and then Wuchen Gladbach, and he's kind of just stayed in Germany. I'd like to see him maybe leave the Bundesliga and just try and have another chance. Look, a big big player for his country, but the last one I want to talk about, and no one laugh at me. I'm actually being really genuine here. I've actually been very impressed with North Macedonia, the team. Because, look, I yeah. said Panda is a bit of a joke, but I love the guy, right? But we all expected North Macedonia to get pumped, right? Yeah, they've just been competitive. They have, and I'm That's very impressed ask. that they've kept the competitive in their first major tournament. Like, when they went 2-0 down to the Ukraine, and Young Lomenko could have had 5 or 6, I'm expecting, all right, here we go, they're going to win by 4, 5 or 6. And they came out, scored a goal, and they had chances to make it 2-2. And in the first game, they did the same thing. Yeah, that goal was lucky that Pandev scores. He got his moment of the tournament. I love it. Um, I've just been so impressed by how they've taken the tournament you know they've been very you know having a lot of fun you see look like they've been yeah, yeah no, they, they've had a lot of fun you've seen their warm-ups have been quite interesting with games you know you've seen guys getting behind the camera pretending to be cameramen and all this sort of stuff they've just kind of gone about the tournament in the right way from a team that wasn't meant to do a minnow and how a minnow should go about it and they knew that you, too you, eh? they knew yeah you, you get some minnows that come in and just keep the mouth shut get pumped and go away and you know more fast don't have done yeah. that once and I think that's just full credit to them, and I really hope they make another big tournament eventually. I know they battled probably with Cyprus and Greece for you, Paul, to get through, so obviously that's probably not the best news, but I think that's a great way for Pandev to go out. I have to mention my boy Pandev, and uh, it's a great... I, no, I'm being really genuine. I expected them to get pumped. They kept it competitive. I'm impressed by them, the team, from keeping it competitive, and hopefully it continues for them, because a great nation that probably deserves a bit more footballing glory. Yeah, hopefully they can just bring another core group of, of players through. I think that's the key for them. So, like, I don't know what their their current squad age-wise and dynamic is, but, you know, if they can bring some kids through that might, you know, be able to kick on and be involved with the, with the core group now, then that's only going to strengthen them going forward. So, look, there's plenty of quality football happening at the moment. You've still got teams. You've got Norway. You've got uh, Greece. 
who have really picked up form lately um, and just didn't fire at the right time during Euro qualifying. But don't be surprised if, you know, especially in Norway and Greece, if they don't, you know, if they, they should be really pushing hard oh, for they the should, World Cup qualifying. They should, have ma- they should make the World Cup. They really should, be, should have made the Euros, really, both of them. Yeah, so end of the day, I think European football is in a really good spot at the moment where a few years ago you could have argued that South America was really um, on top. Yeah, I, those I agree. Um, and I feel like Asia's behind the two and the gap won't get closed quickly there in Asia. I think if it's not Japan or us and Australia doing it, there's not another team that you look out and go in Asia going to make that jump into being able to be competitive with South America or um, Europe. So, yeah, it, 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 I think Europe's now shown itself that they're now back as the number one um, over yeah, South America. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, I agree. So... Lots and lots still to play out, which is going to be very, very interesting uh, over the next week or so. We do have a few questions in this week, and I think you've sort of asked your question already. I've asked one of my two, yeah. Um, Because I I actually wrote that question when the goal went in. That was the first thing I did when I was watching it in my bed um, when Chick scored. I just put the first thing I put in that Discord chat to you was like, wow. (laughs) I actually typed to you um, during the game saying, if if you're up, watch the Scotland game. Because that one knew Scotland were coming. And, oh, I thought, though, you know, Dwight should have had two and, you know, and then in the end, Chick scored that one to go and kind of just killed the game off. Um, but yeah. is, look, I'll ask my second question to you now and then we'll go through the JS and Dimsim question. Any change we make to prediction for a team result in the Euro? So, like, for me, I was, like, predicting Italy to make maybe the semi-final and get through but finish second. My prediction now is Italy is going to go on and I'm going to go the early bird and win the thing, right? Um, but... Is there another team that you would predict to maybe change your prediction from when you first made it, Paul? Just off the cuff? There is. There is. And I want to quickly get my tournament run. I'm not... So I'm just going to go straight off the predictor that I had. Yep. And my big change is England will now not longer beat Germany if they play each other in the round of 16. Yep. And for me, Germany then go and beat Spain. Yep. And then Germany go and play the Netherlands in the semi-final. I don't know. I don't know about the Netherlands side at the minute. I know they're finding goals from the middle of the park, and I know that they've been looking good. But I think a quality team would a nullify Germany going. I'm Germany. Um, the Dutch going well, forward. My run, my run for Netherlands was Portugal, Turkey, England. So they might get Portugal. It's very different now. So they might still get Portugal. They could still get. I because I had Portugal in. So I've got. Netherlands, who finished top in their Which group, they did. finishing third, a third of Group F. So yeah, that could happen. That f- fixture could still happen. Yeah. Um, I then had Denmark finishing second, which did happen, which has happened, and they were meant to verse Turkey, who finished second in Group A. So that's Denmark Wales. Now yeah. In that, so that side of the draw for me is almost guaranteed. Yeah, it, it could be. Um, um, and I really, I think that's matching a that tournament. Is huge. Well, probably match of the round, sorry, not match of the tournament. That if that happens, Portugal, um, Dutch, because yeah, yeah. It, it's a game that the Dutch haven't played anyone great, but they have gone and scored goals, which is not something we predicted because which is what everyone questioned yeah. going. And in. then we also question with how they deal without Van Dijk, and they haven't really been challenged at the back either. It'd be interesting to see with a side like Portugal, who have experience of winning the competition and have quality players throughout the three lines what they would do against a side that hasn't been tested like that yet. That's what makes me question Italy. But the thing about Italy is that they had the pedigree slash history in the past, plus this run of form they've been under Mancini. That makes me change my prediction about them. 
Um, whereas yeah. for the Dutch, I think there's still a question mark there. If they got Portugal and beat Portugal, you go, you know what, the Dutch are on here. Yeah, I think everyone talks about Virgin. Yes, Virgin's quality defender, but you're still talking about a team that's got uh, De Ligt, De Vrij, Dumfries. There's enough Daily there. Daly a good player for you his know, country. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I just feel like there's enough there. It, the, the, my big question was, is Depay going to step up and score goals? And he has. Yep. And that's been... And even Vyakhorst has scored maybe he's one. A good two, he's a good little player, Vyakhorst. Yeah, and, and, he, and the thing is, he gets those smaller guys in and around him because he's a big presence. So I think they've got a unique way of playing to the Dutch, and I think it's working with Genie and Frankie de Jong in the midfield. Yeah, Frank de Borsese's a bit weird, but it's working for him, and good luck to him. But it's, it's suited to the team that he's got, and that's what I like. So that's why I haven't... I haven't changed that prediction because it's not the way I envisioned the Dutch playing, but it's got the job done. So I think for me it's England. I just if they, if they actually versus Germany, so that, I've got that as first versus second. Yep, and that so that looks likely at the minute too. And that is that can definitely happen. So it's I don't see England getting out of that. So I just substitute Germany in, and then Germany Netherlands semi final. That could be that very, could be very that, that would be that massive, eh? Yeah. I yeah. hope so your predictions. I hope your predictions come through. My obviously was Italy to win, but I'm actually going to predict that Wales weren't in my bracket. I think Wales can make a quarter final, semi final here if they if they get the right draw. They, I know they got well, Denmark. Yeah, I've got them know, playing Denmark. Uh, so yeah, well, that's a 50-50. They, they win that game and it'll be interesting to see who they get in the next bracket, depending where it all falls. Um, but if they yeah. get the right little rub of the green and they've got players that can hurt you, uh, if they play a style of football that suits them. If they go try and play this expansive football they try to play against the Swiss round one, no. But if they play the style of football that has worked for them since then, which has been, you know, a little bit more pragmatic, yeah, but a bit more direct and they can they they yeah. can do a job. Yeah, hundred percent they can do a job. So we'll ask the first question from JS. Yep. So what's your biggest shock in terms of the game result from this tournament? Uh, tough one I think France Hungary won all obviously shocks you because France expected to do it in a canter yeah. um, but I think my big one is if you look at Turkey you know yeah I was going there too you could pick any of the results really 3-0 against Italy three oh, far out I've scored one goal for the whole tournament uh, that's the biggest shock for that, me. that all three games are my big shock because I can't work it out where it all went wrong where in qualifying was all went right a negative seven goal difference is where it all went wrong. Eight conceded and only one goal scored. Uh, when you've got the two boys up front for Lille, you've got Chalanoglu, who's very creative and great. I can't believe player. that. You want to know why that's happened? I apologise to all my Turkish fans. I have them in my fantasy. And he just went... And you just put a I put a curse. I swear that happens all the time with me in fantasy. Whoever I bring in, it's like it's like me and Mane. I pick Mane, he doesn't score for two games. I take him out for Salah. Mane then scores like two. And I'm like, yeah, great, man. <laughs> But yeah, it is a, yeah. I, I can't work out how Turkey's done it. I haven't gone one game. I'm going all three there, JS. All three Turkey's results. Yeah, I agree. I can't understand yeah, it. So I think the French one, you just it happens in football. Know, that and Hungary were good. Um, that was a good first. I only watched the first half because it was late-ish on Saturday night. By the time that all happened, but I thought Hungary were good value, and the goal was deserved. Yeah, I thought at half time. France, I thought it was good. Yeah, I think what well, Benzema had a couple of chances, but I thought, holy moly, how's he missed these? But um, it made the game interesting going into halftime, and that's and credit to Hungary to be able to hold on for forty-five minutes and only concede one as well. 
Uh, I did. I just wish Slobber's lie was there. I said a lie. Dominic would have been so good for them. Imagine that extra little bit of quality just going forward for Hungary. That would like, they've been able to wield themselves on because they've been playing in front of a packed stadium for you know all the. That games. would but scare if, France if he was there. Oh, France would be shaken. Hundred percent, and it just would have given that real good attacking outlet either out wide or through the middle for Hungary to say, "Here's our star." And it would have brought those other guys into the game probably a bit more too because it's a bit of extra freedom. But and it would have been good for him. You know, yeah, a big move to Leipzig in January just to cap that all off. Would have been nice. Anyway, um, I will throw one more result out there for you, JS, as well. Um, think Denmark obviously last night against Russia four one. It's not like it's a shock shock, but I think it's just a shock of everything that's gone on and the way it was done. Christensen hitting bombs and you know, yeah, you know, just how that all transcended. I think we can say that as a bit of a shock that they just they snotted four no I did, did it finish four, yeah, four one. Oh wow yeah. okay so Christensen made it three yeah and they scored one after they scored a lot yeah oh did yeah. they oh jeez oh yeah it was four one okay oh, oh straight away almost a couple of minutes after yeah. fair call um, yeah that, I mean biggest shock that's more just shock for just how they responded I think, yeah that's the, why I put it there the circumstances yeah because I, I look I thought they were gone player, I thought they were gone tournament done yeah that would have been hard to recover from so that shows that shows the quality that they've got um, we said it in the preview that we have a lot of players that aren't top tier but these are guys that have been around big clubs and know what's going on yeah I agree, and it, that's a real mentality thing for me. And you know, I was saying to um, one of the guys at work, "Is it going to have '92 written on, or written all over it?" Just it is could. this going to be the the moment that wills them on um, through the tournament? It could. Um, and to be fair, that Wales Denmark game is fifty fifty, and if I think Wales could make it to a quarter semi final with the right sort of draw, so could Denmark. I mean, if Denmark play the Dutch, there's nothing saying that they don't beat the Dutch and then make a semi-final. Yeah, well, all they have to do is defend well, which we know they can do, and they know how to score, so... Be, exactly. I, I would, you know, as much as I would... It's hard to say, but, you know, I think Wales or the Denmark would make a game difficult for whoever they play next. I would rather see Denmark get through, because I think they have yeah. a bit more to their squad and game, but I think a yeah. Wales sort of style of play and how Wales will go about it would make it more difficult for a team because they'll be so hard to break down. I just feel like if you got Wales against got one against Wales early, you, Wales would fall apart. Where I think if you got one against Denmark early, they'll still give you a game. Yeah, and I think that's the way they play football is just more entertaining yeah. to as well. I think, you know, with Wales, they look for that big dude up front and then they've got Bale running off him, they've got Ramsey running James off him. James running off him, yeah. It's all, it's all happening. Oh, right? and Daniel James as well. Yeah, so I think I 100% agree with you there. Um, I'd love to see Denmark. And, you know, because most of their games probably be at home as well. Good atmosphere. Um, they'll have that support, great atmosphere in Copenhagen. So, yeah, definitely no reason why they can't kick on. So we've got one more question here from Dim, which is nice to have a question that's away from the Euros a little bit. So it's a bit open-ended, but who will have the best transfer window this upcoming season? So for me... It's hard to quantify, almost. Yep. Um, define best. Is it someone who's going to spend big money to catch up? Is it someone that buys one or two people just to fix up issues within the squad? So there's definitely a lot of factors to consider when you're talking about best. Chelsea is always one of those teams that you sort of just go, are they just going to go absolutely bonkers and spend huge money to bring in 
a Haaland or someone like that. Know, like they're going to go nuts. A Liverpool are going to spend wisely and get another option up front in case Jota can't um, stay fit. And whilst I've just mentioned Jota, he's another player that's just had a great tournament too. To be yeah, honest, yeah, he has. Agreed. Um, is it a team outside of Europe? Uh, outside Europe, outside of England, because we tend to have that bias where we tend to look inside a lot <laughs> rather than at the big picture. So. I think there's, there's it's a question. A team that need to have a big window. It's a question that we can kind of make a prediction of when this window's done, right? Uh, on yeah. August thirty first, but it's a sort of question you can't really answer until midway through the year, and you see what a team really needs in January, and then you can kind of go, well, then why didn't they fix that up in the window before the season? And then you know that team's failed. Yeah. But if you look at a team and they're flying in the league, and then new signers have come in and done the job, then you go, yeah, that was the best window. Um, it's a quarter question that... Big reports that, coming in at the moment. Yep. Big reports coming in that Arsenal are going to have a 250 mil war chest to go nuts with this transfer. The fact they're trusting Arteta well. with that is ridiculous. I think that's more just the uh, the owners going, oh, yeah, we got money to spend, and they won't spend it. I don't think they've... Oh, yeah, I was about to say that. I don't think they actually got to spend nah. it. But <laughs> be interesting to see what goes um, on. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll put my... Uh, I'll put my neck out on the line, and I'll give you an early prediction. West Ham. Yeah, just to close that gap. I think they're in a spot. Or West Ham or Villa. I'll change that to just not one prediction. Villa are throwing money already. Yeah. They've got Buendia in for 34. Yeah, I think one of the two, that's the reason why I put him in there is the Buendia deal was good. I think those two there are the two teams that have the springboard to get close enough. I think after Everton lose Ancelotti, you take them out, that group now. Um, and I was going to actually say the opposite yeah. because the Everton owners have shown they're willing to spend money. They're going to spend money to back whoever they bring in. I think it's more the fact that if you're a player, would you go to Everton at the moment? And depending who the manager is. Depends who the manager is, yep. yeah. If you can get behind a project, then you probably would. But because you've got to remember, it's not like the board got rid of Ancelotti too. So it's not like... Oh, it's Real Madrid. They can't I'm knock going him. to Everton yeah. and... Yeah, it's not like a player's going to say, I'm going to go to Everton and not know if my Gafford's going to be there in two years. That was just a, a freak circumstance that, you know, really shouldn't have happened, to be perfectly yeah. honest, if, <laughs> if I'm honest with you. But... Yeah, I still I think Everton the owners are really trying to get the team in a strong position before they move into the new stadium. Yeah. Because there's going to be some significant debt there, and I don't think they're going to want to be finishing ninth and tenth uh, going no, into. No, I don't stadium. think they want so to. I just think there. it's a typical Everton thing to do. You know what? Throw them in the list. I think West Ham, Villa, and Everton could be the Everton. three. You know, a team outside the six or the traditional six, I reckon, could have the window and. I just don't think Leeds have enough of a draw card just yet. Give them a year, and if they finish, yeah, they in, and if they finish in a Europa League spot or they win a cup somewhere on the line, and they get European football, Leeds would be the uh, would be in that list too. But they're just not there yet. What about Wolves? I think I don't. Think, I think Wolves after the year they have no. I think they'll find it a bit more difficult. Yeah. I feel like if you're Villa, you have the draw card of the no, football no, no, no. that you had and played, and the money you're spending, and the players that have come in. You can kind of be like, yeah, yeah come, keep kicking, keep on. kicking on, and you can. If you're West Ham, you say, hey, we're in the Europa League. Uh, you know, we've got money to spend. They looks like they want to spend it, and they look like they're going to give David Moyes. It's London. I feel like those sort of clubs have a bit more of a draw, um, and they could be the early bird for me in that question. And go, you know what? They could, if it all fires, and you've seen it happen before that teams like that go in, they spend, and it doesn't work, and they all just become disjointed and they fall apart. Well, I think yeah, West Ham. I, I think West Ham did that on the village, didn't they? Yeah, they 
moved to the, the Olympic Stadium and then it kind of stagnated when like Payette started refusing to play. Yeah, like, so West uh, JS, I hope happened. that doesn't happen to you, but Dim Sim, that's my answer to your question. Beautiful. So thank you once again, Damo, for another episode of PD Sports Podcast. Hopefully our listeners have really enjoyed this one. Another shorter one, just because had the one match week to really cover or match a week and a half I guess isn't it really we've gone through half the groups so far for the yeah exactly so Dame do you want to sign off look all I would say is stay tuned for episode 15 when that comes out because that is going to be the preview of everything let's see how right and wrong me and Paul got it Um, and look at the minute I think me and Paul got things right and things wrong we might complement each other I just think this Euros has been fantastic Uh, Euros in your 20s are so much better and look, boys, I really do think there's a few teams that could win this competition now, and not just France, and I think we're in for an absolute cracker. And there's only one place to get with your recap. I think it's here. And look, Paul, as always, love being on here, and big shout-out to everybody in the Discord. We'll always plug that too. Over to you, Paulie. End us off. Thank you yet again, boys. Beautiful. Thank you, Damien. So hopefully episode 15 will be coming a little bit sooner than anticipated as well once the... Group stages are all wrapped up. Damien, myself, and hopefully Dom, if he's free, um, will be uploading it when we can to give you guys the insight into our review and our predictions for the knockout stage. So from me, once again, thank you for your ongoing support. It has been absolutely fantastic, and we'll catch you in episode 15.